Hello and welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel and I'll be one of your hosts today. As always, I am joined by Anthony. Hello, everyone. And Shabazz. Hey, guys. Guys, how you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I was waiting for Shay to go first, but... Um, I was waiting for Anthony to go first. No, you, yeah. you take the lead, man. You take the lead. It was a Mexican standoff. It was. Oh, wow. But, uh... We all survived. Mexican, though. No Mexicans were harmed in the standoff. No. But I'm doing That's well. That's true. It's, you know, uh, end of the week. Nothing really changed. Life is still locked in. Nothing down. changed? You're telling me right now nothing changed? Well, I'm going to tell you about some things that changed later on in the news. Ooh, oh, okay. Buddy. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of news. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Shay, how about you? How are you doing? Yeah, uh, same thing kind of here with me. I mean, this week, I don't know if it went by fast or if it went by slow. Like, I feel like we recorded a long time ago, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, we're already at another episode. Yeah, we're here. And not just any episode. This is our 91st episode. You know, this is episode 91 of the movie podcast. And of course, you could catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to be part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, please head over to at the movie podcast on Instagram and Twitter and write into the show there. Um, as you may know already, the movie podcast is on a mission to hit 200 uh, Apple Podcast reviews before September. So please head over to our show page on Apple Podcasts and drop a five star rating there if you like what we're doing here, of course. Uh, and feel free to write in and leave your review of the show. So many of you have. Uh, we put out a video this week on our Instagram and Twitter at the movie podcast, of course. Go check it out where it has a bunch of the different reviews that you guys lay, um, uh, left us. We are so thankful for all of the praise you guys have just really showed up for us and 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 given us that praise uh currently it's interesting because we are actually at rating number 91 and this is episode 91 of the movie podcast so things are coming full circle here right now and clint we're really is 91 just saying and clint (laughs) he's it's it's all full circle here full circle here on the movie podcast i'm hoping that (laughs) this whole circle here um i'm hoping before episode 100 we could have 100 ratings i think we could do that guys i think we can do it i I think think, i think and i think you can help us out with that uh so please head over to the the apple podcast page for the movie podcast drop a five-star review for us and we will of course let you know how the progress grows as it Mm -hmm. as it comes along um guys i have a question for you this is this is our mailbag section um typically we have a question from the fans here but i wanted to ask a question for you guys What's a movie that you saw when you were really sick? Like, just absolutely deliriously sick that you didn't even know what was happening, but you were watching a movie. I saw this was a viral tweet last night, and I'm like, you know what? This is a good question to ask the guys, so I'm going to ask you. Um, we'll start off with Anthony. So, the movie I remember the most when being sick was I, I got my wisdom teeth uh, removed, all four of them, all impacts. So they were had to surgically remove them. And I was super, I, I wouldn't say sick, but I was super like out of it. And like I had blood coming out of my mouth. I looked like someone went like, you know, 12 rounds with Tyson. My face was swollen. <laughs> and I just kept remembering, I came back from the hospital and I kept remembering watching Transporter. Transporter was on TV <laughs> and I watched it and I was just like, 
blood, just blood coming down my face and watching, you know, Jason Stratham just. You felt like the guy's being kicked, eh? Yeah. And I just remember that. I'm like, man, this was a great question because that's the first thought that pops into my mind was that fucking wisdom teeth removal and watching the transporter. That was my, my, uh, my sick movie. That's funny you say that because mine as well, my response to it was during my wisdom teeth removal. And I went to go literally the day after I got my wisdom teeth out, I was still like, you know, high off the meds and just my face was massive. And uh, like you, Anthony, I got all four taken out. And um, I, I think I was just, it was just affecting me really bad. And I went to go see John Carter <laughs> in theaters of all movies, of all random ass movies to go watch. I went to go watch it the weekend it came out. Um, and I was one of the only ones in the theater watching it. And that was that. But I always associate that movie with uh, just being like feeling so sick and uh, and just out of it. And um, I haven't watched it since. Hmm. Well, I, I watched The Transporter quite a bit. It's a great movie. But uh, yeah, it always brings me back to that that point in my life where I was severely in distress. You get a, a pain in your jaw every time he's like punching something in the face. <laughs> yes, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. Shay, how about you? Uh, for me, uh, it, it wasn't my wisdom teeth that was removed, but yeah. I remember, uh, Daniel, you'll remember this as well, but I, uh, we, I had just landed from a flight. I, I had just come back from LA, and you know the time difference, and also it was a late night flight, um, I, had, I had to go see Interstellar. So uh, yes. with my luggage in the car, I think Daniel, I picked you up and we headed right over to uh, the Cineplex uh, at Square One in IMAX. And I remember being so jet lagged that I was, I felt sick. Like I just, you know, I felt cold. I was getting shivers and it just, I was in, in probably the worst state that I could have been to watch a film. But I was like, no, I got to power through this because it's a Nolan movie. I remember watching this two and a half hour long movie and I'm like, man, I do not like this movie. And I really realized it's because I felt like absolute shit. Um, Obviously now Interstellar is one of my absolute favorite films. I watch it all the time, but in that moment, I don't recommend after getting off a, you know, flight that that's a little bit longer than normal. And then going to watch a two and a half hour long movie. That's all. And especially, Yes, I was going to say, especially that that subject matter as well. Yeah, you know, with with me at least, I was like John Carter. I'm like, this is you know, I was already in outer space because of my medication, and I'm like, I was already, I I could relate to it more. See, I, when they're on the water planet, and they're like, yeah, every hour is seven years. I'm like, that's what my flight felt like. <laughs> like that's, I'm like, uh, where am I? I'm like, Hold on a second. Every, every hour is seven years. How long is every day? What's going on? <laughs> am I still on the plane right now? Yeah. Um, but it, but it's interesting though. Like, just kind of opens it up to the larger question of, you know, the mindset that we kind of go into that we need to have sometimes when we're watching movies because. I think like for a lot of us too, there's a lot of movies that we would either revisit or where we want to watch, but sometimes because where movies could take us, we're, we're a little resilient to do it. So it's always interesting, like just the power of our mind when, you know, watching some movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to the, our topic of the show and our news, uh, we do have some announcements. Of course, we have our reviews on the movie podcast feed for our friend, 
WandaVision episodes one to three, Promising Young Woman, Pieces of Woman, Pixar Soul, Wonder Woman 1984, um, and a bunch more. So definitely check out our movie podcast feed wherever you're listening to us. We appreciate it. And check out our reviews because we like having dedicated review episodes. I think it gives us a lot more time to really flesh out our thoughts on these movies and just kind of dive deeper into them. And uh, we will have a review for Palmer, which is the Apple TV Plus uh, original film that will be out later this week on Wednesday. You can catch our review for that. And we'll have a bunch of reviews for Sundance Films, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. And um, just to segue that, yes, this week is the beginning of the Sundance Film Festival, which we will be attending. We'll have so many movies and hopefully interviews that we'll be conducting too. So make sure you are subscribed and checking out the podcast app that you're listening on to see everything that we're looking forward to, everything that we're going to be watching and reviewing. There's going to be a lot happening on our socials this week. So stay tuned. Are you guys excited for Sundance? Oh, yeah. I am am Sundance kid at the moment. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, So stay tuned later in the show. Uh, We're going to kind of do our Sundance Film Festival preview, talking about things we're looking forward to, things we're going to be watching, and more. Um, So we're going to talk about it a bit later. But for now, let's get into the news. It sounded good on my end, but again, we won't know until we get a replay. I felt like I was a little late, but again, I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, I, I thought it was late to start, but at the same time to finish. You know, that's it's all true. that matters. It's true. Guys, get ready to hear the name Rebecca Rubin a lot because we got a lot of updates um, for the for movie releases this year. Strap in. We're gonna go kind of announcement to announcement. We'll talk about it, keep going, and then we'll talk about kind of everything as a whole. But guys, no time to die delays release date again. This is coming from Rebecca Rubin at Variety. James Bond's latest adventure has had another speed bump. No Time to Die, the upcoming installment in the British Spy series, has been postponed yet again. The movie will now release in theaters on October 8th. It was originally scheduled to open on April 2nd. MGM is rolling out No Time to Die in North America, while Universal has international rights. Since the movie carries a massive price tag around $200 million, it relies on substantial global ticket sales to turn a profit. That's nearly impossible to achieve at a time when most movie theaters are closed, and the few that remain open have been operating at a reduced capacity. Thursday's announcement marks the film's third delay in the last 10 months. In March of 2020, No Time to Die became the first tentpole to shift its release date amid the pandemic. And it's interesting because this happened, and we literally said, guys, this is again going to be a chain reaction of events. And it really was. Um, before we move on, um, Shay, open us, open us up here. What are your thoughts right now with the delay of no time to die? Man, there seems to be like a lot of time to die for these movies because this is taken. This is just, just, I mean, am I, am I, am I surprised? Absolutely not. Am I extremely hurt? Yes. It, it stings every time these movies get delayed. I get it. I totally understand, you know, Hollywood right now is in this, unprecedented time and we all are really and you know at the end of the day they want to make back their money so i totally understand that they can't be like okay we're just going to release this 200 million dollar movie on a streaming service unless they get their money back now i'm sure at a certain point they're going to have to cut their losses maybe but again we don't know what's going on behind the scenes that well we have we may think we have an idea but we really don't know so 
as much as this sucks, it was something that I was prepared for. Anthony, how about you? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> everyone <laughs> what, knows my, what can you say? Yeah. What can you say? Everyone knows how I feel about it. I, uh, I was expecting it because, you know, the state the world's in at the moment, there's no way April deadline was going to be, um, was going to be that time where people were going to head back to theaters. I don't even think October 8th is going to be that, that time period. Um, but I get it. I get they were trying to make their money in, in the theaters, but I think they really need to, to think about other means because when October 8th comes out and if theaters are open, I don't think they're going to make as much money as they expect to make when we weren't in a pandemic. So I think they might have to think about either releasing it on a streaming platform at the same time as releasing it in theaters. This gives you know people the opportunity to have access to it, no matter you know where they are or what hot spot they're in. Um, but like they they need a game plan because prolonging and delaying and delaying is only making it worse for them. They're losing money every single time they delay, rather than I don't know using money to market a streaming service that can you know allow you to watch it. You know, all I keep hearing is no, we got to get in the theaters, we got to get in the theaters, we got to get in the theaters because that's where we'll make the money, that's where all the people will go. But all the people are at home, and you have done nothing to 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 um, realize that. Like to you have done nothing to capture that 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 home experience right now and you think people are just going to be like yeah um yeah the theater's open i'm just going to go back because tenant thought that and tenant had the same reaction well had a really poor reaction to that so i think utilizing both avenues hopefully by october 8th is a, is a good idea on their part i don't know i'm no fucking executive but shit I think that's probably going to save them. But if they expect it to be just theaters on October 8th, they're not going to make their money. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting discussion. I mean, there's there's so many different ways that we could approach it. We're going we're gonna to talk about this as a whole more. I just want to get the rest of these delays out of the way um, so we could talk about it. So stick with me as I get through here. Rebecca Rubin of Variety is back again. She writes, Sony delays Camilla Cabello's Cinderella, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Uncharted, and Morbius. Uh, Sony has shifted release dates for numerous films, including Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, Cinderella, Uncharted, Morbius, um, and Morbius, sorry. Uh, Cinderella will release in theaters on July 16th instead of February 5th. That delay bumps the video game adaptation of Uncharted, which was originally set for mid-July to February 11th, 2022. Meanwhile, Peter Rabbit 2 The Runaway has moved back two months from April 2nd to June 11th. In turn, the Ghostbusters sequel was delayed to November 11th. Sony Pictures also sold The Mitchells vs. The Machines, um, which is formerly known as Connected, um, an original animated family film from producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller to Netflix. So that's kind of where we are right now with everything. Everything's getting pushed, and we're not done just yet. Let's uh, get out. Uh, Disney also, in, in kind of reaction to this, started to delay some of their films, also coming from Rebecca Rubin of Variety. On Friday, numerous titles from all the company's 20th Century Studios and Searchlight Banners were shifted out of the first half of the year. Among those films were The King's Men, which moved from March 12th to August 20th, 
while animated family film Ron's Gone Wrong has been pushed from April 23rd to October 22nd. Bob's Burgers, a movie based on the popular TV show that was set for April 9th, has been taken off the release calendar entirely. Meanwhile, four Searchlight titles have been given new release dates. Horror film The Night House, July 16th. Jessica Chastain, led by a biopic The Eyes of Tammy Faye, is moved to September 24th. Supernatural thriller Antlers, October 29th in limited release. And Guillermo del Toro's twisted suspense drama Nightmare Alley, um, this coming out December 3rd in limited release. Disney has also made no mention of Black Widow, which obviously is expected. No one's going to touch that right now. And of course, finally, the other big release that we got this, the other big push we got this week. Um, not surprising as well. We knew these March movies were really coming in hots and Rebecca Rubin of Variety again, bringing us the bad news. Paramount Pictures has decided to delay the release of A Quiet Place Part 2. This is the third time the studio has given the John Krasinski directed sequel a release date and the second time it's been delayed and beyond its original March 2020 date. A Quiet Place Part 2 is now scheduled to be released on September 17th. Whew. All right. We made it through all of those. I mean, this is giving me, you know, PTSD from last year um, where everything in, you know, in March and April just started getting pushed and moved and reshuffled around. Not, I think to sum this all up, nothing that's surprising us here. No. And, you know, that's just, that's just, again, that's just the world we're living in right now. We're just waiting and hoping and, just rolling with it because at the end of the day like what else can you do you know like i i know like anthony said like you know i'd love to see streaming being thought about more um but again these studios are they also need the money to continue making movies and i think they see that by not releasing them online and we we saw this week too uh, which is interesting that uh, paramount was approached apparently by netflix and apple tv to buy top gun maverick and they said no. And it's, it's interesting that like a lot of students are still committed to um, the theater experience because other than it being a giant screen, it is a communal event. And yeah, I mean, this sucks. It sucks. And it sucks not because it's, it sucks. It's not because we want theaters to be open right now. Like we, we want them to stay closed as, if, it's un, if it's unsafe, obviously, but it sucks that we have to wait longer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what it comes down to. Like, it just it kind of just is a reminder of the situation we're in and something that we have to unfortunately um kind of endure through right now for yeah. me what's for for me what sucks is studios are just they don't have a game plan it's like they just, their game plan is just to postpone postpone mm-hmm. postpone postpone but, like, but that is a game plan though like that's, i don't that's that's not a great game plan cuz you're only postponing without having a commitment to figuring out what can we do to get these films out and not postpone. Yeah, right. But like the other, like the other side of that is that like, again, this is, there's so many stipulations to all of this things that we don't, we're not aware of, but wanting them wanting to postpone is how they're adapting, right? Like they're not like adapting. Doesn't just mean putting on a streaming service. Mm. And I know, I know we've spoken about this too. And again, like I wouldn't be opposed if they decided to put it on a streaming service. I'm just saying, I understand why they don't want to and why they're banking on, you know what? Once the vaccines are rolled out, hopefully by later this year, people will be more willing to go to theaters. And if they don't do as well, then that's 
on that, but like it's going to take time. I mean, like Tenet was way too premature to test that theory, but because mm-hmm. there wasn't even a vaccine on the horizon, but now there is. Once people start having it and they're vaccinated and want to go out and see this and movies, hopefully we'll be able to. But you know, I I at least as as much as I want to go to a movie and watch these and watch and watch Top Gun and watch A Quiet Place Part Two, and if they were given this to us to watch, I'd hundred percent watch them at home. But I get why studios don't want to, and they're they're hesitant to that. Um, Shay, sorry, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, I you know, I I would hope that I mean, in in a perfect world scenario, I my hope is they'd adapt some sort of a hybrid model. But I know that even that isn't feasible, and even that has its own issues. Like you look back at the beginning of this pandemic when. Uh, Universal did that, and with trolls, I guess, and it created this whole like, oh yeah, you want to release this movie? Well, guess what? We're never releasing your movies in theaters again. It's like <laughs> this weird like mafioso yeah, kind tro- of trolls almost took down the whole industry, man. It was really trolls world tour, you know? It like they were taking everybody down, but it's just wild to me that you know, I guess yes, like kind of like what you're saying, Daniel, and kind of like what Anthony's saying. There, there doesn't really seem to be a good plan. In, in at least in consumers' eyes, the plan right now is wait it out, and that plan stings a little bit. And I and I and I don't know what to expect when theaters open, how it's gonna go. Um, are people gonna be rushing out to the theater immediately? What's gonna happen? So it, it right now is just a, a game of waiting until maybe a streaming service offers enough money. But there's almost no streaming service that I could think of that would be like, yeah, sure, I'll give you $600 million for No Time to Die. That's an insane amount of money. And it's even for the, the big yeah. companies, right? Like yeah. $600 million is a big ask. And at the end of the day, that's still way lower than what studios would get for like a movie like James Bond or... Um, yeah. for like a Marvel film or anything like that. I mean, the, the options are in there. And I think really Disney's going to be the big one we're looking at this year because I do have Disney plus they did. They have set a president for Mulan and uh, Raya and the last dragon or whatever. I think that's what it's called. That premier access can be a thing where it can release on both or more. So well, Mulan didn't, but they said that it will open up in theaters where it can and um, release online for a fee. I mean, there is a president there for that, or, but is that something they're going to rely on? And, you know, when, when you're coming, especially when I think of the MCU, that is very much kind of timed and they're okay. This is our release strategy. And we have our shows now and our movies and Mm -hmm. Marvel's going to have what, like three or four movies this year with, you know, with black widow, eternal Shang Chi and Spider-Man, this four Marvel studio films. Um, Spider-Man is still scheduled to come out in December. Mm -hmm. You know, the others are still scheduled to come out on the release dates. I don't know if, if if pushing those movies and I don't know what's going to ha- what's going to kind of do to like the over kind of arcing storytelling that they're doing too. There's so many different like facets that you got to think of, mm-hmm. and it just would releasing it on Disney Plus for premiere access be a viable option for them. I'm sure it will, but it's again, it's nowhere near what they would make in theaters. It's mm-hmm. it just stings. It just stings right now. The situation, Anthony. Sorry, you were going to say something too. No, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't. Oh, okay, never mind. No, um, but I will say, if I'm just trying, I'm, just, I'm really trying to look towards the future, and I just don't see the money that they are expecting to make with these films to be there, even if theaters open up. 
Yeah, and and I, that's I just the thing. Like, that is the, I don't see, that's I, the uphill battle right now. Yeah. I don't see a billion dollar movie until probably the following year, summer maybe. Like, mm. do you guys do you guys foresee, um, just specifically James Bond? Do you see Bond getting pushed one more time out of this year? Oh man, yes. yes. I'm, I'm I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no, but I'm probably wrong. Okay, I have this feeling that it's going to get pushed one more time to April 2022. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have this weird feeling that yeah. it's going to get one more push. Daniel Craig is—he's like, please, he's, he's slashing his wrist right now. <laughs> please let the man movie like, come out. Please. It's just—it's just—it's just wild to think though. Like, you know, he already had appearances on SNL that week for for No Time to Die, and mm-hmm. the, again, like the marketing machine still goes, but like now it's like we're going to be a year and a half past when we actually had tickets for this film mm-hmm. absolutely nuts mm-hmm. um let's continue on though let's 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 look at some good news i guess netflix tops 200 million subscribers amid the pandemic this is coming from natalie jarvie of the hollywood reporter netflix faced more competition than ever in 2020 but the streamer is showing little sign of flagging ending the year with an unprecedented nearly 204 million global subscribers lockdowns around the world helped to significantly boost uh streaming uh, signups across the board and netflix benefited from the industry's overall boom adding more than 36 million subscribers during the year though most of the new subscribers came during the first half of 2020 it added 8.51 million subscribers during the fourth quarter more than 6 million that Wall Street investors were expecting. Netflix said that 83% of its new subscribers in 2020 came from outside the US and Canada. This is an interesting, um, that last little tidbit was an interesting uh, fact for me. More than 83% were outside North America and Canada. And I was wondering why that is. Do you guys have any insights uh, or any thoughts to why that, um, that figure it is, how it is? Was it Netflix? Be- didn't Netflix become available in a certain country this year or last year? Is that what it was? I rem- I remember something about like a certain country getting Netflix for the first time, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just dreaming this. I may you may maybe you're thinking of like Disney Plus coming out later because it, it, it came Plus. out later. It's, it was Disney Plus. Yeah, because it came I, a bit later. I feel like maybe a lot of people in the U.S. and Canada already have it. I don't know. I, I again, I'm that's I'm, what I was thinking too. You know, I just I just think they have already had this service. Yeah, but what do you think? Two hundred million subscribers—that's absolutely nuts to see how how much they've grown. It doesn't shock me though. It it, it kind of makes me go, yeah. Like Netflix has become the the quintessential streaming service. You know, it is what everyone. It's almost become a verb in certain ways, um, right? When we, when we look at our rating system and how we, we ramped it, we even added add to the queue. And I feel like the queue was really popularized by Netflix. It's something that people really say around. That watch list, you know? Yeah, yeah. that watch list. So I totally, totally am not surprised. It's interesting to see, um, you know, 200 million. And then you kind of compare that to Disney Plus, who we know hit around 90 million subscribers mm-hmm. towards the end of the year last year. How, like, it, now I'm curious to see. How fast does Disney grow now? Now that they're out of their first year, what's that going to look like? But where does Netflix go from here? You know, we already know that we're going to have a movie a week from them. Every week is a new movie on Netflix in 2021. But 
you know, where do they go from here? Like, do you guys, we, we know uh, Sony Pictures as well just sold, you know, Mitchell, sorry, the Mitchells versus the Machines to Netflix as well. Um, I'm just curious to see what other big films um, that we're kind of looking forward to this year, which ones are going to end up on Netflix? Mm-hmm. I think they might start buying into, you know, films, film, um, films that need to be released. And, and, you know, we talked about Bond um, and, you know, 600 million. But I think Netflix is looking at maybe the bigger picture, maybe buying a studio and putting it under their wing, just like Disney is buying studios and putting them under their wing. Who knows that that could be their next step into securing more subscribers, buying older studios who have that library that then they could utilize and maybe make other content from. Mm -hmm. There was that rumor that MGM was going to be up for sale, right? So Mm -hmm. I, and I could either see it going the route of Netflix or going the route of Apple. So it's going to be very interesting to see this next year. I think this next year on Netflix is going to be their biggest year ever Mm -hmm. in terms of content and turns in terms of just quality and just really just dominating all aspects. Cause Netflix really did change that whole model of how we watch things, binging Mm -hmm. all of that. Like it's crazy to see that that really kind of started stemming from Netflix and who knows what, what Netflix will look like at the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. The one thing I, I always have a hard time understanding with Netflix is the consistency of the news reporting that they are spending a lot of money, but not gaining as much money. So it's like Netflix is spending this amount of money, but they're also in debt for this amount of money. And with technology companies like Apple and, and Amazon Prime, they have that backing that they their services are part of a bigger ecosystem. They, you know, Apple with their technology and Amazon with their 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 store. It seems more likely that Apple and Amazon would purchase and have the financial um stability to purchase these huge studios. Especially Apple because Apple, you know, they they make technology and they make a lot of money and they have a lot of money in the bank that's just sitting there that they can easily spend without having any repercussions on them. It's true. I mean, and and that's the thing. Like, I feel like right now we have the big studios. We got Universal. We got Warner Brothers. We got Sony. We got Paramount. We got. Um, did I say Universal already? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, what am I blanking on? What am I missing on? Warner Brothers. I said Warner Brothers. MGM. Oh, you, yeah. you know, like we have the big studios. Probably another one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, like, we have the big studios. Yeah. So we have Paramount, Warner Brothers. Oh, Sony. Walt you Disney, well, Universal, yeah. yeah, and then 20th Century Fox, we know, has been part merged. of uh, Merge with Disney. So no, now we have these big studios, we have the big five studios right now. One of them, I feel like, is going to really par- either partner or kind of be absorbed within another kind of conglomerate. I feel, like, I feel like that's just the way of the world right now. So I'm just curious to see who goes next. Yeah. Changing of the guard. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I was watching a video the other day about how Blu-rays kind of became the the main like de facto like like physical media 
that we were saw going forward and obviously um the studios had a lot to do with that and it really was a, a kind of a a fight to see which studios you could kind of get on your side mm. where you know sony obviously was behind blu-ray so that that automatically means all sony movies were going to be on blu-ray not hd dvd and you know they kind of started really getting studios one by one to kind of go with them and whoever has the most on their side is going to ultimately win and I think in the next couple of years, it really is going to be a changing of the guards when it comes to that. And we're going to see, you know, like Netflix and we're going to see like the, the branches of like Apple TV and, and, and Disney plus being really like the major studios working in the industry. Wasn't, I remember reading that the porn industry were mm-hmm. the, the deciding factor yes. to that. They were like the, the yeah, they were what basically swayed the, the scale. Right. Can the porn industry buy a studio? That's my question. You know what? We're going to see, you know, like Pornhub Plus soon. Where <laughs> that's, that's that's where that's where that's where No Time to Die is going to come out. You know, going to be I hope, there. I hope all of our screeners. I hope all of our screeners go right to Pornhub Plus. <laughs> my goodness! Uh, finally, on the news this week, Riz Ahmed signs a first look deal TV deal with Amazon says he's done with Venom and Star Wars. This is coming from Chris Evangelista of Slash Film. Riz Ahmed is garnering rave reviews and uh, awards uh, attention for his work on Sound of Metal, and now he's got an eye on the future. The actor just signed a first-look TV deal with Sound of Metal distributor Amazon Studios. In other Riz Ahmed news, when asked if he might return for more Venom or Star Wars films, Ahmed essentially said thanks, but no thanks. Regarding the deal, Jenny uh, Salk, head of Amazon Studios, said, Riz is a tremendous talent and a vision to amplify stories from fresh and bold perspectives and voices aligned with ours perfectly. Um, we loved working with Riz on Sound of Metal, and we're really excited to continue and build on our relationship with him. Um, him, Ali, and the entire team at Left Handed Films. Um, I thought this was great. I mean, Riz Ahmed is one as something that we talk about a lot on the show. We're big fans of his, and he's just, I think, just killing it right now with his with his choice of films. And I, and I hope to see him just do more and more uh, phenomenal films. Obviously, you need to check out Sound of Metal. Um, but I thought it was funny that they asked him about Venom and Star Wars, where his character was you know, killed off. So I mean, can't really come back anyway. But uh, I thought this was funny, but yeah, uh, Shay, what do you think about this? Yeah, no, I think this is this is great news. I mean, Riz is is a fantastic actor, and you can tell that he has got a great eye for for picking out you know fantastic roles. So it's no surprise to me that he's done with Venom and Star Wars. I mean, I don't think this means he's done with big Hollywood movies. I just think that yeah, those characters are dead, so he's got to move on. Um, yeah, you know that's that's really it. Like, don't like I I don't need to see him back in Venom or Star Wars, and it's okay with me. Uh, but yeah, this is fantastic news. I think Riz is going to do some great movies. Um, if you haven't already watched Sound of Metal, you're doing yourself a disservice. It is totally such a fantastic film. Uh, definitely highly recommend it. Anthony, how about you? Anything to add? Uh, yeah, then good for him. He's fantastic actor. Um, it's. I was reading the article and I remember him saying, dude, the guy blew up in a, in the space <laughs> show. I don't think he's coming back, but then they were, they were very, the article alluded to him being maybe a little bit coy on the star Wars thing saying no, but who knows right. he could be in the new, um, Disney plus. Sure. Uh, Cassian oh, Cassian Cassian, yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, this is good for him. He's winning at all costs at this point with these first look deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is just another example of another actor who is, you know, make getting these first look TV deals. Again, we saw last week we spoke about um, Tessa Thompson, and like it just feels like every week there's a new person who is signed as a first look deal, and this is really what we're starting to see with these streaming services. They're carving out their own like their talent and kind of getting everybody in their camp which is really uh interesting to see what this is going to do for the next uh, couple years of films and tv gentlemen let's get into some trailers 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 Oh, that's fancy. Uh, mm. Not too much on the trailer docket this week. Uh, we got a trailer for Boss Level, which is a Joe uh, Carnahan film starring Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson. Frank Grillo, it's basically, it's like, it's like Groundhog Day meets um, every action movie you've ever seen before. Yeah. Yeah. But it also it's has good. a great cast of people in it. You know, you have Michelle Yao and you have Naomi Watson in it as well, too. It's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. What did you guys think of this trailer? I thought it was cool. I mean, it, it exactly gave me those vibes. I got like uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow vibes as well because you can tell he's just kind of done with it. But I'm, I'm, I'm. I was pleasantly surprised. It looked like to me this was going to be really silly, really stupid. Uh, but I think I like the way the action was was choreographed. It it follows that John Wick slash nobody kind of effect of not moving the camera too much and showing us what we need to see. So I really dug that. I think the only part that kind of threw me off was. Um, Mel Gibson. Anytime he shows up in a movie nowadays, it just seems kind of weird. So, yeah, that's probably about it. Well, he is an actor. He has to act. He is. He is an actor. I, I, I know that. I know he's on a firefighter. Um, so I'm glad. But he's just in terms of pull, he doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah, and he, he comes in with his okay. beard too. You know, it's a Mel Gibson beard phase we're in right now. Yeah. Um, Anthony, what do you think of this trailer though? I enjoyed it. I thought it would look cool. Um, I'm a big fan of Frank. I think this is a great opportunity for him to shine in an action flick on his own. It reminded me of, you know, uh, a Groundhog Day meets, um, oh, I had the movie on the top of my tip of my tongue. Like Death Day? Edge of Tomorrow? Not Palm Spring? Not Death Day? Happy uh, oh, Death Day? Mr. Nobody, like a John Wick film. It oh, had, like, yes. a yeah. combination of these oh. great fight sequences, but it's also Groundhog Day and, it, you know, just that, that, that ploy that cheesiness a bit there's a little bit of cheesiness inside of it so i'm looking forward to it and hot off the presses actually guys the godzilla versus kong trailer just dropped and we did just take a brief moment to watch you probably didn't even notice we edited out (laughs) nothing happened uh but we actually just watched this trailer guys we haven't even spoken to each other about it yet Mm -hmm. but what (laughs) shay open us up here with our with your first reactions to the King Kong, sorry, the Godzilla versus Kong trailer for sure. So um, what I really liked about it first to start off is uh, these movies so far have done a great job of demonstrating scale. Um, there's that opening shot of Kong, I guess, on the on the ship, and you see his hand in the water, and it looks absolutely massive. But it really puts into perspective how big of a spectacle this is. Uh, in terms of story, I, I'm, from what I'm assuming, uh, Kong's, uh, the girl that Kong is connected to, I guess, dies. And, you know, he takes that personally and he wants to fight Godzilla about it. Uh, and then in the trailer, out of nowhere, this song from 2003, I guess, kind of kicks in 
<laughs> it is so out of place and it's just like here we go let's do this yeah yeah and i'm like oh okay well we're going to fight to the end until we die You're yeah like, what the like, heck's going on like here the, it's like a trailer for like the digimon movie or something i was like what the, what the <laughs> hell is going on here it made absolutely no sense but again i'm not gonna lie it looks visually pretty cool it looks like a popcorn film you know it looks like what i imagine people get when they see the fast and furious trailers Dude, it looks like uh, I'll be honest. Like, it looks hype. Like yeah. again, uh, the song aside, and regardless of the quality of the movie, I think the spectacle alone of seeing Godzilla versus Kong, I think it's <laughs> yeah. gonna be worth the price of admission for it. Anthony, where are you with this trailer right now? Yeah, it looked it looked, visually, it looked great. Uh, Story wise, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, King Kong looks like he's in for the fight of his life because he was like. He was ducking and dodging and, you know, Godzilla's just <laughs> destroying things. But then I come to think about it and I'm like, what's your goal, man? What is like, what do you like? What? Apparently they've been at war for millions of years before we even knew about it. Basically. Do you think we're going to see like an army of like Kongs and Godzilla monsters? Like of them just like fighting, like, like the beginning of Lord <laughs> of the Rings. It's just like an army field, like just of all of, it, just all of them just Look, going crazy. Is, I'm going to tell you how it ends. It's going to be King Kong and Godzilla. They're going to be fighting. And all of a sudden a bigger monster comes out. And they're going to be like, oh, we got to partner up and fight this dude. And then we're going to yeah, become friends. Probably. That's just you, think how- that, you think it's Steppenwolf from Justice League? He comes <laughs> and he's going to, I need my mother box. Yeah. But it yeah, definitely, it definitely it sounds good. like that. Yeah, it looks it like fun. Visually good. It looks fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it makes me want to watch um, King Kong, uh, uh, Kong Skull Island. It makes yeah. me like, want to go watch that today. Yeah. One thing that we, we will I think I think we could say easily regardless of the quality of each film is that these films you know godzilla kong skull island which i love um godzilla king of the monsters they've all had beautiful cinematography and godzilla versus kong looks to be continuing that trend because this film looks just beautiful from what Mm -hmm. we've seen so far Mm -hmm. who do you think is going to win one will win as they say i don't who do you think is going to win you don't think anyone wins? No one Humanity wins. definitely doesn't win because no we're all dead. Probably that's it. Yeah. Now it's it, this is it's it's funny because like this is probably again one of the biggest films to see. Like this is coming to to HBO Max day and date with theaters, so we'll be able to watch this in our homes or yeah. somehow in Canada we'll be able to watch it. But yeah, not too long now. This comes out in March, so we I, shall you know, see. We, again, like you like you mentioned, uh, Daniel, that. The cinematography looks great, and I, and I think it absolutely does. Again, these like five second clips that we've been getting to build up to this trailer, which I'm not a big fan of. I don't like trailers to build up to a trailer. It just seems a little redundant to me. Um, but it looks visually very cool. The problem again with with Godzilla King of Monsters was it was super slow, and you know the action in between was was so few and far. And overall, it just felt really stupid compared to the first two movies. So I really hope that that's fixed in this one where it's at least smart and fun, you know, it engrosses us in the world. That's what I want to see. Yeah, definitely. I haven't watched the the second Godzilla. I might give it a second chance just so I can prepare for the first chance. Just just because, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> 
I remember putting it on and I'm like, oh man, this is horrible. And I watched three minutes of it. And I'm like, I'm not watching this. Yeah. So I'll give it a try again. Um, I'm not into monster movies. I'm not into like King Kong versus Godzilla. Like, the fuck is this, man? What is this? <laughs> Fucking giant ape and a big thing, big dragon Zoid dude. <laughs> like, at the end of it, like, what do you get from it? Like, what what is their goal? You know, what are your what are your goals, Godzilla? What are your goals? What are your what are your what's your five year plan, Godzilla? You know, like are you gonna just live in the city now? Like, get out of here. (laughs) I'm curious though. I just I just see like Godzilla like chilling in a Hawaiian shirt, like on the coast, just like just smoking a cigar or something, just relaxing. Um, I think what these films. It's interesting seeing, like, his Kong Skull Island, I, I think, is the best out of the bunch so far, um, directed by Jonah Vogt Robertson. You know, the scale of Kong, like, they've made him, like, a lot bigger in this movie, and they, and they kind of were re- reacting to, I guess, some, some criticism where people were saying, well, Kong looks so much shorter than Godzilla, but then they were like, oh, no, he's still growing, you know? <laughs> and now you see him in the trailer for, like, you see these shots of them fighting each other, and it's just like, Oh my god, these are just they're almost like they're like skyscraper size. So it's it's almost just like man, everybody beneath them is just dead right now. There's oh, no yeah. one alive in these cities. No one is surviving. Anthony, what have you been watching this week? This week I've been watching not a lot, but a bunch of new stuff. Um last week I was watching I m- mentioned I watched um Fallout and I wanted to go back a film because I don't remember Rogue Nation as much because Fallout is always that go-to Mission Impossible. So I put on Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. So I went backwards. And just to get an idea of, you know, how Fallout came to be in that storyline. And I really, really enjoy... um, I really enjoy Rogue Nation. I think the the setup for Fallout from Rogue Nation is fantastic, and mm-hmm. the villain Lane. What's his full name? Lane. Nathan Solomon Lane. Lane. Solomon, Solomon Lane. Lane. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan Lane is an actor. <laughs> Nathan Lane uh, is the I've... voice of uh, Timon in Lion King. <laughs> Nathan Lane. <laughs> he was the villain in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Listen here, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> what do you they... mean? <laughs> I'm a fussy maraca. I'm sorry. Why did you call yourself that? <laughs> but yeah, Solomon Lane and his growth and just just despising Ethan Hunt. You just see it in this film. And yeah. then watching Fallout, it's just even worse. It reminds me of you. It reminds me of you. Like, you know, if what, you Solomon were to be now you'd be Solomon Lane for sure. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd be Ving Rhames and uh, Daniel would be Tom Cruise and he, he, you'd be hating him so much you'd want yeah. to kill him. Yeah, and you'd just be like, Daniel, I'm going to kill you today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he talks, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> Ethan Hunt, you should have killed me when you had the chance. <laughs> you, made, you made him sound more like, like sinister <laughs> than he was, I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I also watched our friend, which there will be, there's a review for on our, on our, on our feed, as well as Palmer and Nomadland. And those reviews will be coming out shortly as well. Yeah. Yeah, Palmer will have on the feed this Wednesday. Um, and Nomadland will have a little bit more into, uh, into February, I believe February 15th. So make sure, of course, you're subscribed to the movie podcast so you can listen to our review of Nomadland. 
Shay, what about you? What have you been watching this week? You know, kind of like Anthony, I didn't get to watch much. Um, we talked about Palmer. Uh, I watched Tiger, uh, part one and part two officially, and absolutely loved it. Um, I especially liked episode two, or part two, sorry, where, you, you know, it, it's going one way and at the end it still comes out on top. I really dug that. I really think the the way they make these HBO documentaries, uh, it, it really shows how much money and effort they put into them. So, again, really enjoyed it. Uh, Daniel, you brought up Superstore. Um, you said, you know, it's really good. And I had a lot of friends of mine mentioning Superstore as well. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, I'm still watching the first season, but I'm, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, it isn't uh, hitting me as hard uh, of a laughter, but what I do enjoy is that like I can kind of put it on and it have it in the background and, and still uh, have a good time with it. Uh, I also watched One Night in Miami again. I really enjoyed that movie and uh, I wanted to show my girlfriend. So yeah, we had a good time with that one. Yeah, uh, going back to what you were saying about Superstore, yeah, it, we've had a lot of write-ins about Superstore to watch it, and we're having, uh, I know, like, Nate and, and our friend of show, Daniel, like, they're having some good conversations about it in our Discord, so if you want to join in, join our Discord, and we can talk about that, but, you know, this is a show that I kept seeing get recommended to us, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm enjoying it, yeah, I, I kind of really burned through um, the first and second season of it. The first season is shorter, but um, just kind of watching it. It's a good show just to have on in the background and right. you know, kind of passively watch, but there are some really funny moments in it. And it's very episodic where you don't really need to rely on like the overarching story that's going on. It's just you could kind of jump in and jump out per episode. Right. And as, as people who uh, have the, the, the experience of working in retail before, you, you take a lot of that and you... You you just can laugh at a lot of it and the ridiculousness that comes with jobs like that. So I think the show does a really funny job of doing it. So if you're looking for something lighthearted to watch, I definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, for myself, yeah, finished up Tiger Part Two, which aired last week. Uh, Palmer, uh, which we'll have a review. Out, like we said, I started that Netflix documentary series Fear City, which is about like the mafia in New York. Uh, watched the first episode. I'm like, oh, I'm, this is interesting, but I haven't returned to it yet, so I eventually will. Um, I put on I Love You Man just because I wanted to watch Jason Siegel have a good time in a movie <laughs> and like feel happiness. So I, I put it on, and um, it's just such a great movie, and, and I just have such good memories of watching this film back in the day. So it's crazy to think that it's going to be like 12 years old this year. Uh, Nomadland, we discussed WandaVision, of course. Um, episode 3 aired, so I kind of rewatched that and get ready for our reviews coming forward uh, for all the remaining episodes. So I can't wait to see where Episode 4 and beyond go, so Stay tuned for that. Uh, Superstar, which we already spoke about. And that's about it. There's some other movies which are in, currently embargoed, but we will have a lot. Let's just say we'll have a lot of reviews uh, that are going to be going live in February. So stay tuned for that. What do you guys think is going to happen next on WandaVision? I think, I think we're safe to talk about it openly now. You know, we know that Wanda just had her twins. And um, we know Geraldine just kind of just got shot out of whatever reality that Wanda was creating there because she kind of brought up Pietro and Ultron killing him. And of course that's Wanda's brother, twin brother. So where do you guys think the show is going to go now? I think the next episode will, will focus on the outside. Like what's happening yeah, like outside what's like happening what, what surrounding led, it? Yeah. What led to this uh, situation mm-hmm. just, just because now she's left. Like you see, okay, there is there is an out to this whole experience that they're in, mm. and I feel that they're gonna focus on at least 
introducing all the other characters that are not part of that world that are trying to figure out how to get into that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with what Anthony's saying. I think we're going to start seeing more of what's actually happening around them. Um, I think that's what kind of makes sense with the, you know, the, the three episodes that they've kind of shown us. It's so ambiguous still. Like, I can't tell what the hell's going on. But uh, yeah, definitely seeing the outside world would make sense to me. We shall see. Yeah, so episode four will be out this week. We will have a review for it on the movie podcast, of course. Uh, Speaking of what's coming to the movie podcast, I think it's time to get into our topic of the show. This week, January 28th, is the beginning of the Sundance Film Festival. And you already know that we're going to be covering as many movies as we can from it. Um, This is the first kind of big festival that the movie podcast has really been able to, I guess, virtually attend. So we are just beyond excited to, one, be accepted by Sundance. So of course, thank you Sundance for accepting us. And two, just to be able to see all these amazing films. And there are so many movies that are coming to this festival. Um, I just kind of want to do a little preview with, with you guys, see what you're excited for, see what's on your kind of watch list and, you know, any surprises. Um, Anthony, I'll get you to open it up for us. Yeah. So I'm just pulling up my list here of films that I chose in, in, a lot of times with these film festival movies, they're so hard to to judge because you're just reading the synopsis. You have a still of the of the movie, but no trailer, nothing to really like entice you to watch it, other than you know that storyline and that picture. So I do have a couple of them that really interest me. Uh, one of them is called At the Ready, which is a feature film, and it's it takes place at the near the Mexican border or like a border town between Mexico and Texas, and it focuses on kids who are going to um, get into Border Patrol and preparing them for that career and enrolling into law enforcement classes that set them up. So it looks interesting on that part. Um, I also have a movie called First Date. Um, I'll read the synopsis for you. So Mike, a high school kid with a crush, finally summons the courage to ask uh, Kelsey out on a date with a date, but no wheels. Mike borrows money and gets duped into buying a clunker 65 chrysler although many of the first date although many a first date goes weary mike's shifty uh shifty swiftly descends into a surreal misadventure that finds him inexplicably targeted by a pair of cops a criminal gang a vengeful cat lady with all roads leading to a showdown so the 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 story kind of captivated me and I was like, oh yeah, this seems interesting. It looks like a good cast. It looks like like the still looks interesting as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh Judas and the Black Messiah. That's one of the biggest movies that are uh, premiering there. We also have a movie that stars um Robin Wright called Land. Land. Yeah, that yeah. she directed as well. She also directed. Very yeah, cool. she directed in Scarzen. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Again, I think just to to pause a second on Judas and the Black Messiah, this was a late addition to the Sundance Film Festival. We know it's going to be opening up here in Canada to watch on February uh, 12th. I believe you'll be able to rent that film. And uh, I'm just going to get a date confirmation on that. But um, yeah, so that, that movie's coming out. I know, Shay, you were really excited for it as well, too. So, Shay, did you, did you want to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah a little bit? Shay? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I had it muted. Sorry. 
<laughs> I, I did a whole conversation and uh, didn't realize I was muted. I was uh, like, oh, wow. Shay's just, uh, Shay's just building up to something. I was in solidarity of my, uh, my Black Panther brothers to you know, not speak when spoken to right now. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this movie does come out on February 12th. Uh, Daniel, you were right. And again, it, it looks absolutely wicked. The powerhouse performances that are going to be in this movie, I can already tell that trailer to me is still fantastic. Now, again, I brought this up before. Warner Brothers does a great job of trailers, but I've already been seeing some Twitter reactions kind of go out of people who've had a chance to kind of watch it. And again, they keep talking about the acting. And that's really what I'm going to go see. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one a lot. There's another one. Um, I, it just slipped my, uh, my, my brain. It was like about, it's about the end of the world, I believe. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember the name of the film, but uh, I'll, I'll get back to it in a second here. For some reason, the website is acting a little funky. Um, no, no worries. Yeah. I could, I could talk about some other ones if you want while you work on that, Shay. It's called How It Ends. Sorry, I just remember now. Yeah, How, oh, it, how ends. it Ends. Okay. Yeah, on the day an asteroid is scheduled to obliterate Earth, freewheeling Lisa, Liza scores an invite to one last wild gathering before it all goes down. Making it to the party won't be easy, though, after her car is stolen and the clock is still ticking. So it sounds like it's going to be either really funny and crazy or uh, really depressing. So, <laughs> you know what I'm down for? <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's there's so many films that, like we were saying, like you're going in kind of just going off a synopsis or a still image. And not a lot of these have trailers yet. And you just kind of got to wait and see. Um, there's some documentaries that are coming out that I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, Street Gang, how we got to Sesame Street, this one that we spoke about before on the show. I know Anthony was looking forward to that one too. Uh, the Spark Brothers, which is directed by Edgar Wright. Um, also, his film just got delayed this week too, in case we forgot. Um, so the Spark Brothers is like you're, it's uh, directed by Edgar Wright. It's about the the bands um, about the Spark Brothers, um, and yeah, and Edgar Wright's directing that. Eight for Silver is another film that kind of appeared on my radar. Is you know it's set in like 19th century, um, and it's like all, all about like kind of like uh, a werewolf. A, a boy is found murdered, and they expect it to be like some wild animal, but it's more uh, like about like a werewolf. And I'm like, oh, this looks interesting too. Um, and we know there's also oh my god, I'm blanking on the name of the movie now. Um, there's a oh. <laughs> A Luke Cage film. Oh yeah, that's coming out. Oh my god, why am I blanking on the name of it? I think I have um, it here. Give me a second. That just looks like like madness. Um, While well, you get that, another doc I'm lo- really looking forward to: A Glitch in the Matrix, um, which is going to be premiering at Sundance. Um, a Glitch in the Matrix is literally a documentary about how you know, like how w- looking really looking into like, are we living in a simulation? And it kind of looks at the movies like Matrix and different games that kind of kind of all kind of dive into this parallel reality world so it looks like it's going to be a trip um so i'm really looking forward to watching that one as well too i really enjoyed that trailer because it was very creepy and it's directed by the same guy who did room 237 or three right which is i forgot the director's name but it looks so super creepy because it felt there's people who really think that they're living in a virtual world and yeah. it makes you think, like, you really don't know until you die, right? What happens <laughs> next? Like, are you living in a virtual world? Are you, that's, As, it's, it's interesting. It makes you, like, contemplate what you do yeah. and how you do it. Um, but, one I, I, sorry, go ahead. Well, I just found the name. I put it in the, in the list. Oh, uh, what's it called? Nicholas Cage film. Oh, 
Prisoner, oh, yeah. uh, Prisoners, Prisoners of the Ghostland? Ghostland. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Really looking forward to that one. That one's premiering on the January 30th, I believe. Uh, There's also The World to Come, which stars um, Catherine Watterson, mm-hmm. as well as Casey Affleck and Saoirse Ronan. Takes place in the 18th century, upstate New York. It's like a period piece type of thing. So that's a it's a huge cast right there. So mm-hmm. that's going to get um, people watching. And then there's the Summer of Soul, or when the revolution could not be televised, which is a documentary. Uh, in 1969, during the same summer as Woodstock, a different music festival took place 100 miles away. More than 300,000 people attended the summer concert series known as the Harlem Cultural Festival. So. That's also going to be a documentary that I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other two that I was just thinking about. Um, there's Prime Time. Uh, I know that one. It, it kind of sounds a lot like Money Monster when I when I hear it, uh, where it's basically about a you know a young man, New Year's Eve, 1999. He hijacks a TV studio and takes two hostages, um, and no one yeah, seems to know very... kind of what he's doing. So very Money Monster like. Another one that like I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it or if I'm just um, curious about it mostly is our hashtag J which uh, oh, the uh, Romeo and Juliet one yeah the Romeo and Juliet one where it seems to be all shot on the screen of an iPhone because it's the same director of who did uh, searching with um, John Cho as I recall Daniel I think we were talking about this when you and I yeah we were yes yeah it's again it's just the Romeo and Juliet story so uh, but I guess you know made for the Gen Z so yeah, we'll have to see it's going to be interesting seeing that because, you know, from the synopsis of the film, it says, you know, you know, it blends text messages, Shakespearean dialogue, uh, gifts, Spotify playlist exchanges and like Instagram profiles. Like mm. it really is something that's going to be like really modern. And I'm curious to see if 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 it this film is if, if it resonates, this could be one that like could this be that next iteration of Romeo and Juliet that people really look to talk about yeah no or or can it or will it be something that feels too time stamped because that could work in the opposite way i mean we've seen that before too where you know movies that rely so much on technology could also feel super outdated Mm -hmm. uh a year from now or six months from now so Mm -hmm. who knows but it does our uh our i guess hashtag j um it does look very very interesting for sure Mm -hmm. um there's one premiering as well too sorry just to correct myself um Prisoners of the Ghostland is on the 31st of January, um, but there is one that is coming out on the 30th called Knocking. Um, yes. That looks really interesting too. Um, so it's like all about this character is just trying to find out where this noise is coming from in their apartment, and she's kind of searching for the source, and like she's kind of also just discovering other things about herself because she's gone through some different traumatic events. So it feels like this could be like a psychological thriller, so I'm really looking forward to watching Knocking as well. There's there's a lot there's a lot this year at Sundance's to be excited for. Mm-hmm. Do you think there'll be any like sp- surprise last minute add-ons? I hope. I mean, you usually there could be some like last minute updates that are just added. Um, so we could like we kind of got to wait and see. Sometimes there's some secret additions. One that I'm really looking forward to is hopefully coming to Sundance. We've seen nothing yet, but the Green Knights with uh, Dev Patel. Yeah. Um, I hope rumors. I hope there's definitely rumors. You know, there's little hints that it may be coming to Sundance, and that'd be one that I hope we could watch a hundred percent as soon as it gets to Sundance. Mm-hmm. Very cool. 
There is so much that we are looking forward to watching at Sundance. And of course, the movie podcast is going to be virtually there to cover all of it. So make sure to keep an eye out on whatever podcast feed you're listening to us on. We're going to have reviews going up. We're going to hopefully have some interviews going up as well, too. We're going to have a lot of Sundance content to look forward to. And make sure you're following us again on Instagram and Twitter, because that's where you're going to see all the news of what's coming next for us, what's going to be on the feed and all of that. So there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm so excited for us, guys. We're going to be covering our real kind of first festival on the show. So it's going to be a really good time. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm very pumped for it. Guys, as always, this has been the Movie Podcast, episode 91. We are in the 90s right now. You know, we're making our way up to the 2000s, or I guess hundreds um as always you can catch a brand new episode every monday across all your favorite podcast services if you want to be part of the show and give us your comments suggestions and corrections head over to at the movie podcast on instagram and twitter and write into the show you can also check out our website themoviepodcast.ca and of course as we mentioned and we will continue to mention we are on a mission right now to hit two hundred apple podcast reviews before september full disclosure we are trying to get um, become critics on Rotten Tomatoes, and that is one of the requirements of part uh, to be uh, to submit towards that. So it would mean the world to us. Mean the world to us if you could give us a five star and write a little note if you like what we're doing here. Um, so many of you have already, and it means the world to us. Um, thank you so much for listening. That was this time with the movie podcast, and we'll see you next. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.